Uh, Kaylee, 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 it looks like I have some more of these career questions here, man. They're coming in pretty hot and heavy. You want to want to give me a hand answering a few of these? Let's take a crack at it. Awesome. I figured you'd be interested. All right. Um, let's see. This one looks interesting from Wendy. Wendy asks, I'd like advice for career pivot strategies from government administration to public sector consulting administration. This is a second career and I'm interested in the pros and cons for the challenges I may face. I'm also interested in assistance with strengthening my resume. Ooh, this is a good one because I don't have any experience in government at all. That makes two of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, she, okay. So she's looking, she's shifting industries. This is a second career. So she's, she's made her, she's made her mark, so to speak. All right. So let's, let's take this back a notch because again, I want to try to help Wendy out here and, and other people who are jumping around different industries. If you are jumping from a completely different career path onto a new one, what are some recommendations that you would give some of the listeners here to the, the best approach for success? For me, two things really come to mind and I do support with career transitions quite regularly in my line of work. So what happens is people want to target a completely new industry and they don't know where to start. I say start with your transferable skills. That means maybe pulling three, five job postings related to the new field, related to the new industry, doing a little bit of research as to how you're going to want to position yourselves in that new market. And that includes what I call step number two, which is networking. So once you've figured out what skill set is required, start asking people what those words actually mean and mean in their field. So if you call it business analyst in one field, say in IT, what does business analyst mean in oil and gas? That kind of, that might mean two different, completely different things. So when you're going from government to public sector, how can you use the government-related transferable skills in the language of a new industry? You need to figure out what those keywords really mean. I agree. And also, she's pivoting from one government administration to public sector consulting administration. So you have two different series of administrations. So there's going to be a bunch of transferable skills right there. They may need to be worded a little differently. And she's also dipping more into consulting as well. So it's almost as if that she's taking what she's done with the government and she's going to be applying it directly with what she's doing for the public sector. So she's using her inside knowledge to help the outside, so to speak. I like the idea with the job comparison. I do that often myself. And I think it makes sense to see what the definitions are to make sure that they line up. So I, I like that. That makes sense. We're going to go with that. I don't have much experience <laughs> in either one, but uh, generally, Wendy, if you're listening to this or anybody who is switching from one industry to the other, some great takeaways that Kaylee's mentioning. One, obviously compare where you are with where you're going. See the definitions of that title. And again, networking is, is super, super important. So I like that. Let's see, Spencer says, while consulting on HR tech, I've noticed many companies will force an implementation while missing the big picture of talent management strategy. I would like to hear advice that would help me hone in on my technology experience and make the switch into talent management strategy. 
Oh boy. Yeah, these are good, man. I don't, these are super specific. We were trying to figure out industries before, but so HR technology. So this I would imagine is what we're going to be utilizing to work within HR, compliance policies, things of that nature. Also management of people, data, HR information technology, potentially even uh, internal application systems and the way people connect within an organization. Essentially, what he's looking at is he's in either the field or he's a, he might be developing something for HR. So he might also be producing products that they could use. So what what would be some major things in your in your HR and also recruiting experiences that let's let's do three things. What are three major points of the HR process or recruiting that somebody really needs to be solid on, you know, or or if there's a better way of doing it? What, what do you think? I think when you're combining technology with the human aspect, it's about engagement and helping yourself and your team understand the front lines pain points. So if you haven't done a discussion or an engagement period where you've asked questions of the people that are going to be using that system, that's number one. So number one, I think is engagement. Is it going to make sense for the front line? Number two, I would say it also needs to integrate with other programs programs and platforms that either managers or leaders or HR are going to be using. So whenever you're implementing technology, there's this risk that it won't talk nicely to other technologies that don't come from the same producer or that are a completely different platform or that use a different type of coding. And that can be a real pain in the butt for HR professionals, as well as leaders that are using this for performance reviews or that are using this to supposedly make their lives easier as a leader. And it's not actually improving the process at all. Those are the two that come to my mind right away that I've seen, I've seen happen. I've seen it happen where you implement technology, it doesn't work. Nobody uses it or adopts it, so it fails. And so to reduce that risk of failure, adoptability is probably the third aspect. Is it user-friendly? Is it adoptable? Does it actually seamlessly integrate with the way people already do business? That is key number three. I like all three of those. And I'm really going to highlight that usability factor. Spencer, one thing you want to keep in mind in HR, and this has been my experience as well, when in anybody else listening, when you have individuals that are in HR, I've experienced both ends of the spectrum, people that are fresh, brand new into HR and are very tech savvy, tech friendly. And then you have people that are like 100 years old, and they are just very, very straightforward about their pen and paper process, and they don't want anybody to muck it up. So what you're going to have to find is a clear, concise process that's going to be agreeable for the majority of the parties working on HR. So some people are going to be really happy with the technology, but also just understand the pain points with older individuals or people that are not that great with technology. Make sure that things are are easy to see and read, clear UI. You know, if if you are developing this or you have your hands into the code or or if it's a SaaS product that you're working on, definitely make sure that it's going to be user-friendly for both of those parties. Because again, the older crowd, they're going to be focusing on the paperwork and the the newer crowd, they just want to get things done and moving on and on. But you want to make sure that everything comes into compliance. And if it is audited, all the paperwork can be processed accurately, can be pulled at any time. And if it's something that's even uh, very future running cloud-based storage and things like that, just again, make sure that it all falls into the appropriate and and proper uh, compliances. So... All right. I think we have time for one more. Alejandro writes, and, and this is, we get an industry. See this, we get, <laughs> I'm happy. We get a little industry here. So Alejandra is in real estate and Alejandra asks, I'd like advice for business strategies from consulting 
into a marketing strategy or application of new technologies to continue to grow my business. Okay, so this one's a little easier because we kind of know where it's coming from and, and direction wise. I think I'll start this one as I've it wasn't really too much help in the last two. What I would say is for real estate is you want to make sure you are where your customers are or where, where they will be. In my experience, especially in recent years, it is all about the community knowing who you are and being accessible for those opportunities. So you're going to have a lot of different age brackets, but a lot of people are taking advantage of social media. I would definitely focus on social media campaigns. A lot of videos going on, virtual walk-ins, uh, whether it's a VR session on the site, a video walk-in on YouTube on a property, just make sure that you have as much photo, video opportunities for those properties as possible. Specific applications. Kaylee, do you know of any specific applications that would help this type of industry? I mean, there's some that I am aware of that might be helpful across platforms to brand yourself, to put yourself out there. Uh, I've worked with some real estate agents who come up with social media strategies. Mm -hmm. And so they have tools that remind them today you need to post three posts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. One should be about your business. One should be about property that you're listing. One should be about what you're doing to support the community that you're in. One should be fun. So it really, it really depends on uh, who your target market is. And if it is millennials and new home buyers, then potentially being on social media, using apps, like I use Buffer or Hootsuite, plan my me my messaging for the week. There's one called Linktree where you can write in the link of your Instagram, a variety of links instead of just the one that you get. It basically gives them a pop-up. They can choose, oh, I want to see that property that was just featured. I want to see that blog post that you mentioned. I want to see that video that you were talking about last week. You can have, I think, up to 10 links on there so that when you say hashtag link in bio, there's actually 10 links in your bio now. So that's one tool I really like to use and that might be relevant for this. I like that, I like that too. And one other thing I will throw in there real quick, make sure that your reputation is solid. So when you are, I mean, you have a solid business, you're looking to grow your business. So whatever you're doing is working right now, which is great. Find a way to work in each of those happy customers to leave a review with the office that you're working with or if you have a website, something where you can get testimonials, you can get reviews, Yelp, Google reviews, and then that way that will also organically build you in that community, in that arena. Another thing that I would look at, and it goes by many different names, so I don't have a specific name, reputation uh, searcher. And there's different tools for it. What you do is you look for your name or your real estate company online and you see if there's a negative presence there and there are searches that come up and you can see who's talking about your content, who's talking about your listings, where they're showing up, and then that way, if there is a negative experience, you can jump on that because again, damage control for reputation is critical and super, super serious now for doing business. Having a couple of reviews that are negative can come, I mean, look at Starbucks, for example, it has completely put a bad taste in everybody's mouth about Starbucks and everybody's talking about it. So you don't want that to be your brand. Alrighty, well, Kayla, I think that's all we have for right now. I do appreciate, again, you helping with this. This is, uh, this, these are quite a few interesting questions this time around. I can definitely say that. They're difficult to answer, but it's always a pleasure. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you again. Thank you. Have your own recruiter or candidate story that you'd like to share with us? If you're listening on YouTube, comment below. Otherwise, feel free to email your experience to ask at recruitmentry.com. 
You can find our full conversation of this episode on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash recruitmentary. Thanks for checking out this episode and feel free to like, subscribe and share the content. A Mike Tech Studios production.